Pickaxe. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the podcast of this week's One Life Left Radio show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. And we're joined by Noisy Head Games' Steve Hollis. Steve, thank you so much for that. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Sorry for <laughs> the delayed response. I didn't thought we oh, finished. <laughs> well, you've been uh, you've been on uh, the the sort of publicity trail over recent uh, weeks. Mm. You've done a few podcasts, haven't you? I've done one more before this. Yes, oh, just one. Is it my, my what, second what my second rodeo? Uh, oh, what was it? It was the Kane and Rince podcast. Okay, what was that like? What were they like? Uh, so I, the the guy who was running it was was really lovely, um, but I was really nervous, and I think were I you? just waffled for about half an hour. Yeah, it was be a lot of word soup, I think. Well, thank you for getting that out of your yeah. They podcast. <laughs> that'll be out there as a good advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, you can uh, edit how, it. How, <laughs> so how, how was that for you, though? How was one life left? Oh, what the this podcast? Oh, this well, has been a treat. One, the, the, what what we've been doing? doing? What we've we been doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, this has been an absolute treat, Simon. This yeah, is um, so th- this is this is the exclusive um, section of the show that um, our pickup pickaxe podcast subscribers get this ah. and some adverts. Um, some less appropriate mm. uh, than others. We had to put an official complaint into Pickaxe, and maybe that's why they've stopped supporting us across their social channels. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, fun show. Thank you. I'm reminded that I really should get more guests on because it's always better than when it's not just Steve and I. Yeah, it was super, super fun. And I'm excited about the game as well, which I knew oh, nothing you. about, mostly because I just ignore Simon's messages as established <laughs> uh, later. I think you'll like it, Steve, uh, mm-hmm. because um, it's uh, it does some things that I know you do like from games that, you, that you've played a lot of. What are those things? I, I, this is more of a test about how much you know me. Like, that's why I'm asking. Okay. What do I like? <laughs> I've just censored my jokes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you like exploration. I do. Uh, you like uh, occasional chaos, uh, chaotic gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I think, yeah, I think you like emergent moments on mm-hmm. top of uh, your sort of standard 
um, adventuring. So, um, yeah, there are, you know, it's funny. We were, we were, I was watching, um, I forget who it was, one of the streams over the weekend, Steve, and uh, he was determined to get to uh, the third, uh, mm. third world. Um, and you watch somebody play it and you can see, like you can see into the future, you know, oh, I hope, I hope that that, I hope that he spots that, mm. or that he doesn't, you know, and, and and this, that, and the other. And I was, I was, I was thinking of Steve uh, during then because you know it's got some, got some elements you're going to like. But don't tell you what, Steve, don't um, you keep your hand out of your pocket. We'll send you a card. <laughs> well, you said uh, Noita earlier when uh, when we were chatting mm. just before the show, and. Um, one of the things that I really like about Neuter and actually the way I tend to play it now is to do the thing that we'll talk about later in the show, uh, which is breaking it. Like I really enjoy the moments where you, the dice roll in your favor and you get some, um, some spells for your wand that combined make the game ridiculously easy, at least on that run until the moment that you (laughs) overuse them or use them in a careless way. And then you, um, then you end up uh, losing, losing the game, and then you've lost everything. But you've enjoyed that experience, and that's always what I've enjoyed about roguelikes. Is is uh, I, I think that's been present since the original Rogue. Is you can get equipment that's enormously overpowered early on in the game, and you'll still fall, you'll still fail the game because you get too comfortable. And you're like, I am invincible. I'm a god. Oh, I've been killed by a bat because I didn't see it and I got paralyzed mm. and it ate away at me for a thousand turns. I think that a lot of modern roguelikes mistake the sort of thrill of roguelikes. Uh, they, they don't have that chaos. They manage it too carefully. So that's, yeah, that's, that's what's really excited me about your game. Not Simon's, uh, Simon's internal marketing, but your, um, yeah, your speech yeah, about chaos. We, we need to make sure that games aren't balanced anymore. It's, it's yeah, basically the... That okay. should be the title of your your uh, your GDC talk about this next year <laughs> when, when you're a billionaire and they're courting <laughs> you uh, because you've just bought Angry Birds. Mm. Uh, but yes, good fun show. Uh, I don't feel much in the way I need to apologise. I was a little bit mean, uh, needlessly, about Cliff. Blizzard, but, um, <laughs> uh, I hope he doesn't listen in the same way that uh, Jonathan... Blow did, <laughs> but if he does listen, uh, like Cliff, please come on the show. We need to meet you. I'm just judging you. Just judging some of the things I've seen on social media. That's all. That's all. Perfect. Um, good. Anything else to add? We should get on with the show. Let's get on with the show. Here's the show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Hello. I always get that wrong. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to One Life Left Live on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. Hello, Simon. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Steve. How are you doing? I'm okay. It's been a while. It's been two weeks like we speculated. (laughs) Happy Easter. 
<laughs> How was yours? Were you good? Were you good? Did the Easter Bunny did, did, did the Easter Bunny treat you well? I had one egg. Okay. Is that good? Uh, it's it's the same amount. I well, I didn't actually get an egg. I got pieces, chocolate pieces. What does that mean? Mm. <laughs> Means that um, well, I tell you what. I don't know what's better or worse. You got one egg, uh, but you got pieces of an egg. I got a discounted, you know, half price egg after the sale, not on Easter Sunday. So, which one's better? Well, mine wasn't a, uh, pieces of an egg. It was just pieces of chocolate. Oh, yeah. What? Okay. They don't make them like they used to, do they, Easter eggs? You remember they, they used to be uh, all sorts of uh, exciting things contained within? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes get a mug. Yeah. Cream egg, yeah. And now it's just chocolate because health and safety's gone mad. <laughs> Political. Is this why we left Europe, Steve? Welcome to One Life Left. We're a... Uh, uh... <laughs> We're a political <laughs> podcast. We just say what we feel. Just say what say we feel. What we we feel. don't. We don't do that. We, we do. We say what we feel. But about video video games, loosely about video games, we'll be doing that for the next hour. Well, we we like to get things off our chest in the first five minutes or so. Is there anything else you we want do. to talk about, Simon? Yeah, there is, Steve. Do you know how mm-hmm. I I knew that, that there wasn't a show last week because you didn't reply to my message. I was out of office. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Guessing not. Then I, Which... I said. Which message? Phil. Well, I said, are we doing a show then? And Phil also messaged you, our producer messaged you, to ask if there was a show, which you also ignored. Where? Where was this? On the Discord. Uh, In the shed Discord. In our secrets. Okay, let me have a look. Hold on. Open up the One Life Left Discord, which you, listeners, can and should access by looking at the show notes and clicking on the link or going to hello.onelifeleft.com. Okay. Secret folder called The Shed. I see a message from uh, Phil saying, is there a show this week or are residents on an egg hunt? Well, the latter was true. I don't see a message from you, Simon. I think I WhatsApped you. Oh, I see. We're just going to go through all the forms of our communication. I can check that as well. Um, Well, I'm sorry I didn't reply. I'm sorry I didn't reply, but I was busy. I was on an egg hunt. (laughs) That's one way of putting it. um, (laughs) Dexter would have put it a different way. Are we doing a show over the coronation weekend? Good question. Thank I don't you. know. Should we? And the we? first bank holiday, and th- and the last bank. There are three bank holidays coming up. I need to know. I think we should broadcast live from the coronation. <laughs> okay, let's give it a go. Live from the throne. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I always you know I always wondered how one life left was going to finish, but I wasn't. Treason <laughs> wasn't on my list. <laughs> That's fine. I am actually going away that weekend, so uh, that's me applying for holiday. Anyway, admin done. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprisingly, Steve, it's not just me and you here this evening, is it? What? I can't Hello. believe it. Uh, for the first time in a while, we've got a super special guest, and he's a super, super, super special guest. Uh, he's a friend and colleague of mine, uh, Steve Hollis <laughs> from uh, Noisy Head Games. Hello, Steve. Hello. My egg had dinosaurs in it. Had had Did really it? chunky, yeah. It had really chunky chocolate dinosaurs in it, um, and it was a a mix of uh, milk and white chocolate. You it was must really... have been a good boy last year. We need to sleep yeah. over at yours mm. next Easter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Well, the thing the thing is, my my partner is is very susceptible to Instagram marketing, um, so we get all of the kind of the interesting things that come up on uh, on Instagram. And I think it was a £14 egg, which, is a, which is a ludicrous amount, an absolutely ludicrous have, amount. How long have you been with your partner? 
Uh, about seven years. Okay, that's still it's on the long. I mean, it sounds like a new relationship, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I no, but I mean, I was impressed. I mean, it, it had dinosaurs in it, and that's 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 pretty good. They were really chunky. Yeah. I felt very sick one sitting right. as well. It's oh, difficult to lovely. to leave any egg behind. I am, but yeah, I am. hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unbelievably impressed already. We haven't even got to the part of the show where we talk about why why you're on the show beyond <laughs> beyond you know being Simon's colleague and maybe you just. Simon did his job for the show by just uh, by the water cooler. You fancy coming on the show? <laughs> All right then. We were Bosh, chatting about job done. We were chatting about what just happened in Dallas over the weekend. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's a joke for you kids out there. Uh, no, Steve's on. Uh, so uh, Steve's first game as an independent studio is out today, seventeenth of May. If you're listening live on Resonance FM, in fact, it's been out for two hours. Hopefully, <laughs> just, just, just gave me. You just gave me a heart attack. <laughs> well, uh, uh, well, I guess it's, yeah. the podcast that it's been out for a couple of days. What are you doing? <laughs> Don't sit on it. It's available for. It's available now with a twenty percent launch discount. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, so uh, it's called Beyond the long night uh, it's available on pc and mac uh from the 17th of april and we'll be talking to steve about him his company and the game shortly well that's super super exciting um before then though simon as prepared by you and delivered by the third member of the one life left team uh it's time for the news Me, Charles, but 1.0. Seamless. I've just been informed that Sega Sammy Holdings could acquire Rovio Entertainment, the developer behind the hit game Angry Birds, in a deal reportedly worth around $1 billion. This is great news, and past experiences suggest that the deal could be done in a matter of days, making me not so angry birds. <laughs> Steve, that was the news. Uh, as we've on videogameschronicle.com. Um, seemingly uh, authored by our news bot, um, as Jeff Bezos. I couldn't think of anybody else. I just said, um, <laughs> so just said close with a joke. Which, um, <laughs> I think our AI did. But this is the somewhat surprising news uh, that Sega is apparently about to acquire Rovio. This was surprising. It was surprising in that kind of draw two company names from a hat kind of way. And a figure of $1 billion, which it must be, when I heard this news, I think I've never been involved in the, you know, high, <laughs> high number world of business doing these kinds of transactions, but it must be hard to deliver that kind of offer with a straight face. <laughs> yeah. How much would you like? A billion? <laughs> billion? It's very round. Think- yeah, do you think so, you're tempted yeah. into, into, into just about going, going, yeah, we're actually... Well, how one, much have we got? 997,800,002 or something. Just round it up. And loads of copies of our forthcoming mega game. Oh, yeah. Is this the mega game? Could be the mega Is game. Is this the twist? The mega game was in front of us all along. Um, good, good news or bad news for Sega, do you think, this, Simon? 
I really don't know. I mean, what? So, what? If you were going to buy Rovio, you would have bought them when they were uh, <laughs> like more popular than now. Oh, maybe that's why they're buying them now because a billion's actually cheap, is it? I don't know. I've no idea. Maybe they just want a Angry Birds movie, Sonic the Hedgehog crossover. I mean, that's that, that's the assumption, isn't it? Build the uh, build the. Who was, who was asking for that? I would like to find that person and and uh, and, and have a quiet word. Um, <laughs> Steve, you're you're about to publish your your first game uh, tomorrow. Do you want to set a price that you would take off Sega now, mm. so that we could just get that 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 out of the way? <laughs> um, I'm quite a simple man, um, <laughs> really. Like, um, I don't know. Like, how how much do you think it well, would cost? Your options are limited. You've got this wrong. You've got yeah. this wrong. A billion. Okay. Yeah. Well, a billion. They, they a like, billion. Clearly, they <laughs> like round numbers, right? Well, and I'm at just that trying point, to... you're either going for a million or a billion or 100,000 or a pound. I'm just, I'm just trying yeah. to blue sky think of like how, how if I was to say that I'm quite partial to those cheesy twist things that you get mm-hmm. in Tesco. And just like the standard ones, not the like the Tesco finest, like just the the bog standard. Bob's your uncle. This is a good cheese twist. How how much do you think it would cost to get like a packet of them a day for like I don't know when I'm going to die, but let's just give it another fifty years or something like that. Let's let's say say that. What what kind of number does that come out to? Okay, so fifty times three hundred and fifty ish days. Do you want on weekends as well? Uh, please, yeah. Okay. Mostly on weekends. So 50 <laughs> times 350, what's that, Simon? 17,000-ish? 17,000. And how much is a cheesy twist, a quid? Uh, it's about um, 80, 80p. Okay, so you're talking about, I reckon about £14,000, but they like round numbers. They do so like round numbers. And have 000. we accounted for inflation as well? Yeah, exactly. 100,000. That's what you're going I've, for. I, I can contribute to this conversation. My daughter <laughs> loves a cheese straw from the local baker's where I live. Yeah. Um, right. That They used to be 75p for uh, one or something mm-hmm. like uh, like one pound. It might be one pound 80 for three. They, they've gone up to one pound 25 each. Guys. <sighs> How much for yeah. three? I haven't asked. I was too busy falling off my chair that I'd, I'd brought into the shop. <laughs> All right, news story two. The Super Mario Brothers movie has become a blockbuster success at the box office, breaking records to become the highest-grossing video game adaptation of all time. It has earned over $508.7 million worldwide, leading to actor Chris Pratt suggesting it could be part of a long-term project with multiple films. The movie has divided viewers with critics giving it a 58% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and fans loving it with a score of 96%. With a post credit scene hinting at a sequel, the Super Mario Bros. movie is sure to be a blue shell for VGC's critic and all the fans of the movie. <laughs> what, what I liked about, uh, or what I like about our AI newsreader, is that it's, you know, so we've, we have re- replaced Anne, um, who used to write the... Uh, who was a human who used to write the... So it is a human um, <laughs> <laughs> who writes the news. Uh, but often you could tell uh, the moment during the story where she just got a bit bored and wanted mm. just, to, just, just to end it. Uh, and uh, that is what I think our news bot did there. <laughs> I did ask him to um, explain what a blue shell does for the writer of the Mario movie was my request. Mm-hmm. Um to end the story, and I, I guess that's that's its attempt. 
Have you uh, seen the movie, Simon? I'm fresh from the cinema, Steve. Did you see the movie? I saw it today. Okay. I, I, I have not seen it yet. Uh, I would say that the reports I've heard, again, from my friends have been mixed. So, my advice to you mm-hmm. uh, would be uh, to, to, to take, take your chair into the cinema because <laughs> you were going to fall off it. Yourself. There are a couple of bits. I'm not going to spoil the film. Steve, have you seen it? Uh, I have not seen it. Okay, so I'm not going to spoil it for you, apart from, you know, a couple of um, inconsistencies with the Mario law. Okay. Uh, which did, did make me very angry, and the very, very lazy way that they chuck in what I suppose they think are Easter eggs, but actually are prob- the, the laziest examples I've ever seen of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, Steve, when uh, we uh, pioneered video game karaoke? Yeah, I think... That? I believe that you are not going to spoil a thing that has already been spoiled for me. Um, is it use of a licensed song during a particular point in the movie? A licensed song? Well, sorry, an actual song. Yeah, a song that exists, yes. as in licensing. Yes. Uh, is it? Is it the Donkey Kong uh, song? No, it's oh. not. Well, sorry, sorry, that is one of them. But okay. the, the other one, I, sorry, the one I thought you were going to mention well, was I'll, the other I'll, one. I'll explain to the... To the listeners, yes. the one that I know about, at least. Uh, so uh, regular listeners to the show will know that we, One Life Left, do a, a thing called Marioki, uh, which Simon invented, I thought was a terrible idea, and has since uh, become a worldwide phenomenon. Indeed, phenomenon. it is the most successful video game karaoke night that we're aware of, where all of our songs <laughs> have it's been not, rewritten. It's not, up, it's not up to us to do the research, is it? No. <laughs> no. No, you, you you care enough about that? Go away, yep. find out, let us Prove know, us which is exactly what happened when we kept calling ourselves the longest-running radio show about video games. Um, so, uh, yeah, we do this thing. We've got 500 songs that have been rewritten about video games, and we don't typically talk about what they are. We don't spoil the jokes before people go and sing them. However, there's one that I believe you wrote, Simon. It is. I did write that one. Uh, and that was to Aha's take on me and how did you rewrite that and the chorus goes hey donkey <laughs> writes it's itself it's writes itself i know at, at that point it's a it's with, a, with my help it's a piece about donkey kong um now you wrote that a long time ago didn't you i wrote it presumably when they were storyboarding the music and choosing the songs to go with it well i was going to say we ha- we have done gigs or gig in la we've been out there we've been to the americas you know, we're a, said the most popular, uh, most established video game karaoke night that we're aware of. Um, it's not improbable that someone who worked on that movie has attended karaoke. Well, so the reason I think they're deliberately trolling us is that we, you know, slightly changed the name of uh, Mar- Maraoki as it's mm-hmm. known now, um, and you know, and uh, we changed it just because we felt like it, not because we were worried uh, from a, uh, from an intellectual property point of view. Uh, absolutely not. But um, it feels like they are deliberately trolling us because not only is Take on Me playing during the Donkey Kong introduction sequence mm-hmm. when Mario starts doing his bits. Do you know what they what they play? No, holding out, holding out for a hero. Holding out for Mario. We need Mario. Yes, as 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 a Mario. And 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 it's annoying because you're sat there going, and I couldn't concentrate on either of these sections because I was I was waiting to see if they'd change the lyrics because 
It cannot be a coincidence. <laughs> it literally could. That's what a coincidence is. Is what friend of the show David McCarthy said to me when I saw a character in World of Warcraft called Curran Steel and said, <laughs> that can't be a coincidence. He said, it literally could. Um, well, Simon, have you seen the... Have we talked about this on the show, about the Jack Black's appearance on Kelly Clarkson's daytime show? We haven't talked about it on the show. You you sent me a very angry message. Where um, Kelly Clarkson ran a feature which was to promote the Mario movie called One Life Left. It's unbelievable. What is going on? Yeah. What is going on? Skip uh, skip straight. uh, Skip the next story. It's boring. Well, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. I want to know what you thought of the movie beyond the... I think... So I don't want to... I don't want to... I don't want to ruin anybody's enthusiasm for something that they like. I, it's a film I'm glad I've seen, but I wish I didn't have to have watched it. Perfect. Story four. Cliff Blazinski, the designer of a game called Lawbreakers, recently tweeted that he got a text from his lawyer about the game and asked his fans to stay tuned. Lawbreakers shut down one year after its release due to low player count, but now there seems to be a lot of support for it. Cliff said people were rooting for the game to fail and he had to deal with a year of depression out of guilt. Lawbreakers couldn't transition to -to free-to-play and eventually took offline in September 2018. So didn't he say he was getting out of the video game business and going to do something else? It was the last I heard of him via One Life Left. Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, what annoys me about this is that, uh, you know, there was only so much news that the video games journalists have time to write and what you have is someone tweeting about a game that no one cared about in the first place, and everybody's writing news stories about it again. Mm. Um, and then it's also on One Life Left. I did, um, <laughs> I did ask our news bot uh, to pretend to be a child and to pretend not to know who Cliff Bazinski is. Right. So I did by going, someone called Cliff, Baz- <laughs> Cliff Bazinski. Um, uh, Steve, yeah. have, you, have you played Lawbreakers? I don't even know what Lawbreakers is. Is that... <laughs> Is that terrible? It's uh, it's not terrible, no. Um, I don't know whether the game is terrible or not, because I haven't played it either, and I assume Simon hasn't played it. Of course I haven't. You're the most, I, I think, of us, you're the most likely to have played it. You like your shooty-shooty games sometimes. I do. I don't like Cliff Blazinski, though. Hello. Why is that? Sorry, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know the man. I've never met the man, but he's just, um, I just, just a bit gobby, isn't he? Well, I met him once. Okay, uh, how was he? Well, it was the time that um, I was with a mutual friend of ours who uh, we were at a Microsoft party in, I don't know, 15 years ago or, or, or maybe a bit less than that. And uh, the mutual friend is, a, is someone who's very, very important in the in the world of first-person shooters, and Cliff Blazinski was very excited to meet this mutual friend. And this mutual friend was not impressed with Cliff Blazinski. He was a bit rude to him. Ooh, so there's somebody who actually doesn't like him, who, mm. who has met him and doesn't like him. He was very uh, nonplussed okay. uh, when he met him. Um, walked away, uh, and, and actually uh, Mr. Blazinski made our mutual friend so angry that our mutual friend decided to smoke didn't even smoke. <laughs> he actually decided to smoke because there was a there was a poster. There was a um, 
There was a sign at this Microsoft party that said no smoking. <laughs> and he didn't like Microsoft either. He said, Microsoft, don't tell me what to do and started to smoke. I didn't know, I don't know where he got a cigarette from. Right. Very confusing. The irony is, though, of course, is that actually Microsoft do tell him what to do now, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> that is the irony. All right, news story five. As an elf, I am excited for the upcoming release of The Lord of the Rings. Gollum, which will allow us all to experience Middle-earth in an exciting new way. To make sure hardcore fans can truly immerse themselves, Dadalik has offered a precious addition with enhanced Elvish voice acting. For Elvish fans, I say nam enunion. Good luck in your adventures. Hello. Hello. Our AI is an elf. <laughs> so is that I all you told that? So there are, you know, as we've talked about on the show, there are, uh, what would you call them, like... You can tell the AI what to do in our AI bot generation thing. You can say, be an elf. And I assume that was your instruction. Yeah, write it as an elf, but then sign off by saying something. I, said to, I told oh. it to say something in Elvish, but don't charge for it because Daedalic are charging for you. <laughs> he hasn't charged. And he has said something in Elvish. What did he say? Uh, he Do you have any ideas? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. He explains what it is at the end of it. I forget what it is. Like it's like have fun on your adventures. Oh, nice. Uh, something, something like that. Uh, so yes, this is the news that uh, Daedalus' forthcoming Lord of the Rings Gollum um, is charging for you to hear its elves speak in authentic Elvish. <laughs> Arguably the like the nerdest story we've had on the show mm. ever. Um, that's going to be a difficult um, financial transaction to justify to a partner, isn't it? <laughs> uh, do you think this is a smart decision, Simon? Like, No. Well, okay. Why? Because if you're charging mm-hmm. £42.99 stroke $49.99 for the standard edition, mm-hmm. um, you shouldn't wrap this bit, extra bits like this in a collector's edition, which is going to cost £10 more to hear your characters talk Elvis. Okay, that's not what I asked, right? Like, Because okay. obviously you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do a lot of things that people do in video games. Um, the game that I reviewed... Uh, or sorry, I'm going to review later in the show, uh, also does something like this. And I think it's increasingly common practice to like have bits of the game that you know you could describe as optional, but actually the people who buy the game definitely want them. Um, now, what I mean is, is it a smart decision on behalf of the publisher to cater to, to say, okay, we're going to really milk the hardcore audience, the hardcore sort of narrative people who really want the full experience because this is, you know, you don't need it for the full gameplay experience, right? It's not going to affect your gameplay, but it will affect the tone. Is that the right audience to try and gouge if you are that kind of uh, publisher? That's a tricky question to answer, Steve, isn't it? You're asking me to role play as an evil publisher. <laughs> I know. During my you don't have it in you. Nothing but so often <laughs> described as too nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a role I can't play. Steve, mm. how much of Beyond the Long Night are you locking behind a paywall? Uh, well, I guess all of it, technically. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that makes you the it, worst it of all free. of us. Yeah. <laughs> it is all all paid for, um, good. but all paid for, for in, in one go, I think, as, as things should be. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, Does that lock good. us out of, of any future things, Simon? Have I have I shot us shot us in the foot? 
Oh, I, listen, you can do whatever you want these days. I believe Neil Druckmann when he told me that The Last of Us was going to be Steam Deck verified on Twitter. Is there any legal recourse from somebody saying that? Because apparently he's forgotten about it. That's too late for me, isn't it, when I bought it from a key site and I can't get a refund? All right. Thanks, Simon. And thanks, Charles Botts. One life left. Video game news. With me, Charles Bot 1.0. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. Uh, we broadcast from London and the surrounding areas generally. Um, if you want to listen to us as a podcast, you can listen to that at www.onelifeleft.com. The podcast is edited and produced uh, by our under-caretaker, Phil. He also writes the show notes. And there you can find links to, well, everything we talk about on the show, uh, including the One Life Left Discord, uh, where we gather to chat about video games and what we've been up to this week, and apparently where I miss messages, uh, important admin messages. Sorry about that, Simon. No problem, Steve. Uh, it's, I mean, it has been noted. Mm-hmm. Um, Go on my but, yearly review. But you need three, uh, three informal... <laughs> Um, failings, should we say, for it to be raised. God, I don't want to be put on a performance improvement plan. Okay. Well, this is no just, hope. Then just answer your messages. Okay, promise. Promise Steve. I will. Steve, welcome, welcome. Nice to see you. It's odd for us to be uh, chatting like this over a weekend, isn't it? Although we have been because it's busy time at the moment, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, no, it's tell, us about, tell us about you, first of all, and Noisy Head Games. Where? What's your background? Um uh, well I I am I am a man um I come from um, <laughs> I come from um the the Hope Valley originally up in the Peak District which is where I I entered this world um and then I now live in Cambridge. Um, uh, do, shall we do some more relevant information I guess um, <laughs> um so i've been in the games industry about seven years eight years seven years or something like that now um 
not quite long enough to be called a veteran, I don't think, but we're we're getting there. That's um, eight years. Is it? Is that the cutoff? Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, I can get that badge soon. Um, I used to work in AAA as a, a game audio programmer, um, where I worked um, at a little company called Frontier um, for about five years or something. Um, and my background is kind of music, audio programming, and a little bit of sound design, although I wasn't a very good sound designer. Um, so I kind of stuck to the programming and the music stuff. Um, and about three years ago, I uh, left the nest and started up Noisy Head Games, which is a tiny, tiny little studio here in Cambridge. Um, it's call it a studio it's basically this room that i'm sat in right now (laughs) with me um and there are two other guys that i work with uh ross and pablo who are both sound designers so we are very very game audio heavy as a team we probably should have hired some other disciplines but (laughs) (laughs) audio was all we needed um and yeah um ross and pablo are both sound designers they both work in in the day on on proper jobs as well um but we've been making a little game called beyond the long night for the for the last three years so where did the inspiration for the game come from and and, and was it because of that that you chose to leave it was like it was a game that you had to make or, or yeah i mean so i'd i'd been like tinkering around in unity for like a good number of years um before leaving um and the I think the core concept of Beyond the Long Night has stayed the same, but it it was very different in my head when I left Frontier. It was going to be underwater for for a start and be like a completely different setting. Um, and then I I think the the way it changed is I tried to draw that because I wasn't an artist and I realized I couldn't really do what I wanted to do for the <laughs> the original. So I kind of simplified to an art style that I could kind of work on. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, just to kind of introduce the game a little bit, it's a uh, charming twin-stick action roguelike adventure where you uh, fly through caverns and caves through the power of balloon flight. Um, And uh, it's one of these games where when you die, you go all the way back to the start and you have to start again from afresh. Um, But you can build your... Uh, character as you go up uh, with lots of different upgrades and and all that good stuff and there's chaotic combats um, there's a lot of bee murder in particular in the game um, and other kind of insects and horrible monsters that you have to shoot your way through um, but kind of the the core thing that I started with was I wanted to make a roguelike where um, you could progress along like a wider objective path um, between each run. Because I played a lot of games or a lot of roguelikes where kind of the only goal in the game was to get to the end of a run and then repeat. And you just keep on doing that and you see more like upgrades and you unlock more kind of game modes and characters and stuff like that. Um, And I'm a bit of a sucker for exploration games. And I kind of wanted one... I mean, one game that I played just before like leaving was the outer wilds um and i kind of i'm a bit of a sucker for that kind of game where you kind of you it repeats but you're kind of making little bits of progress each time you go in 
Um, and I kind of wanted to explore that idea in a roguelike format. So Beyond the Long Night is very much an onion kind of game on kind of like the surface level. It's this action roguelike thing and you can play it entirely like that go through the game go through a run and kind of build up your character get to the end and repeat um but there's lots of little characters that you meet and those characters will remember you between each run and they have their these little storylines that you can progress um as you play so the next time you go in you you will always have made a little bit of progress. Um, and they, like all of the important stuff that they kind of hint at goes into a journal, which you can kind of um, inspect and make connections in and discover some pretty funky stuff as you go. <laughs> and yeah, the longer you go, you kind of piece everything together. There's like an overarching puzzle for you to solve. And that all leads to the game's true ending true ending yeah um tell us a bit about uh how you can vary your build and what you've deliberately done there in terms of sort of letting people have freedom mm. to sort of do crazy things yeah so i mean the it it is there's basically no limits enforced on the game so um every upgrade that you find is infinitely stackable um so if you find 50 movement speed upgrades throughout a run you're going to move 50 times faster than you did at the start that's probably a terrible thing <laughs> that's not going to end well but there's nothing in the game that kind of like stops you from doing that so every single upgrade has been designed to make it so you can just keep adding more and more of them on top of each other um, okay like as <laughs> so that sounds to me like a decision that you make early on in the project and mm. is cool. And it's like one of those things you almost tattoo on the game and it's like, we're going to make it so, cause people love that. And then it sounds like a massive headache as you <laughs> proceed through, like, and you go, Oh God, I hadn't, I wish I hadn't pledged to do this. I mean, I, I kind of love it. Cause like mm. I, 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 one of the, one of the best things on roguelikes is when you end up with a build which is just so mad and yeah out there that it's just like this is just stupid um and there is definitely that space in the game for that it, it did mean like there are some there's some upgrades which have been annoying to implement because it's just mm -hmm. like oh, i i want to add in this effect but you can't really stack it is kind of just like a one-time effect. So I had to think of ways to like, okay, let's add like a secondary effect to that that does stack when you add it on. So like there's one called Spirit Dodge, which allows you to kind of dodge through enemies. Um, and the way we stack that is it also does damage and the damage increases each right, time. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it just sounds to me like one of those, like there's that line right between players love to break a game like and feel like they're breaking a game uh, mm. and getting one over on the designer, uh, mm. but also they hate it when a game breaks. Mm. And so, uh, treading that line sounds like a design nightmare, but an incredible thing if you if you manage to make it work. Mm. Well, so, and uh, you know, we are as we record, we're a day away from launch, um, and we're sort of just getting it into the hands of people now. I'm, I'm sure you, like me, have been watching the streams over the last few mm. days. How's that been? Because I sit there and watch it, and obviously I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm involved in a very small way in mm. the game at the moment. But you, as the designer, the creator, what's it like watching people play the game on stream for the first time? It's, um, it's 
always terrifying at the start, like because you just don't know how someone's going to react to it. Um, and there is, as I say, like there's some funky stuff in there which um, could go both ways and stuff. But um, yeah, I think there have been some particular like playthroughs which have just been like just really motivating to watch i think um as as a designer when you watch someone like who you can tell is having like genuine fun and kind of exploring and kind of discovering things about the world there was one playthrough by one one youtuber called alexa in particular where um like a lot of the puzzles in the game are like given to you out of order um so there's always a room that will teach you how something works but you might find that three or four runs in and you might have found one which you don't know the mechanic yet a few runs earlier and they kind of found these rooms in the perfect order where they sort of like found one and they were just like i don't know what this is and then like a few minutes later they were like ah i can see this is the one that's teaching and it was just like yes it's worked (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah yeah, it's surreal. It's very surreal. You, you've been making the game along with your Kickstarter backers as well, who've mm. been uh, providing input and stuff like that. So I, I guess in that sense, you know, getting it into the hands of people and, and responding to their to, to their playback mm. to their feedback has, has helped shape it. Uh, so mm. I suppose you have to have sort of some some confidence there that it is good, right? Yeah, I mean, you we'd hope so at the moment, but there's always <laughs> like the, you can never tell until like it, it it goes out, and then like I don't think I'll even believe anyone when they say yeah it's good like after that because i don't know i'm not that kind of person like just be like i know all the bugs (laughs) i know where we can improve and there's still like so much that i kind of want to add to it from now but you know i think a friend said to me like nobody knows like what's missing um when it goes out like it is kind of a finished thing to people so um but yeah and so when you left frontier to do Mm. this how like, is this is it, like this moment now this is why mm. you this is why you left mm. how does it compare to, to to how you imagined oh um yeah i mean as i said the game was very different like in terms of like the setting and stuff but i think in the last six months or something we've really kind of honed down into like what i wanted the game to be like so for the first like year and a half of development a lot of that was just on making the roguelike mechanics work and not a lot of the kind of puzzle sections were in and not a lot of the kind of overarching progression was in and it was got to a point where it's like i don't even know if this is the same game that i was trying to make at the start but <laughs> now that everything is in it's like that's actually quite cool um i did a, a run playing the game the other day where i just went through and i just completed the kind of the progression all in one run um kind of got all the way up to the the true ending on the first thing and it was just really cool like <laughs> i've not had a cooler experience in the game just doing that and just beating it in the first run and they're just like okay yeah i'm very happy with with where we are on that but what what but um what i what i mean is uh when you're when you're at triple a you're working with a load of people mm. right? and you're all working on there are lots of you working on one title that might be um it might be a launch it might be an update it might be you know some dlc or what have you and is this real sort of shared workload mm. um and sort of you now having left that environment 
mm. um, where it's you know it's all going through you. I mean, I mean, how how has it has it how has it been sort of stepping out of that where you're in a sense protected because there's mm. so many people, uh, and now you know this is this is your this is your game. I mean, how how does that feel? Has it been? Yeah, I think like I can remember thinking about this when I was at Frontier, like and thinking because we'd done several launches and you know some of the games that we worked on like generally we had really good feedback but there was also members of the community who had had like issues with some of the games that we worked on and it was very easy to kind of like like deal with that kind of feedback because you're just like we're part of a collective like as a as a group you kind of get through that and it's all all fine um and I thought like, oh, I've got really thick skin kind of going into like doing it solo. But I didn't realize how much it would mean <laughs> when you get to when you get to like, and it is, oh, yeah, it is just your own thing. And you can't like, I, I guess, like w- hide behind other people. <laughs> it's just like, no, if I've screwed up, it's it's me. Um, so, yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely a bit spookier in that and, sense. Uh, how- so, sort of famously, Bossa were really supportive of Mike Bithell when he left. Mm. Um, how how have Frontier been, or your old colleagues? And, and oh, uh, great! Yeah, yeah. like partic- like the 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 audio team at Frontier is a particular unit, um, a particular lar- very large one as, as that, like a stupidly large audio team of like forty people now, which is bonkers but um yeah i mean we still meet up and and stuff like that and they've been incredibly supportive over the years like always um when i asked my boss like told him the reasons why i was going to leave he was just like yeah that's what you need to do like he didn't try to (laughs) like pull me back or berate me and say like that's really dumb what are you doing it was just like yeah no that's good so yeah they've been great all the way through great well listen uh best of luck uh tomorrow stroke uh, a, f- a couple of hours ago when the game launched um we've, we've is it really, out now it, it's like now by the time by the i'm time still working the radio, on it <laughs> <laughs> the radio show goes out tomorrow at seven o'clock we'll have been out ah okay cool i will have had a few cans in front of me here's how i launch a game who's gonna push the button well, usually it's Isaac, uh, mm. but uh, I'm happy. I mean, yeah, so we're, we're on Steam. We're on Itch tomorrow as well. Um, really looking forward to getting out there. It's a game that um, everybody at Yogscast fell in love with um, when we first uh, came across it. So, yeah, it's been brilliant. I'm, I'm really, really excited about getting out there. So uh, congratulations for a couple of hours ago. <laughs> Thank you. You're a billionaire. You can buy it over <laughs> Am I? Oh, I can, <laughs> exactly. I can buy Angry Birds. <laughs> exactly, yeah. All right, it's time for the letters. I've got one letter in front of me which just arrived from Chris Conroy. Do you have anything else, Simon? No, I've got that as well. Okay, I will read this. Dear team and SSG, apologies for the lack of letters recently. I've been on a family holiday to Disney World Florida, a holiday so all-consuming that I've barely had the time to keep up with the show, let alone put digital pen to virtual paper. But the threat of an AI-generated letter has triggered this hastily assembled list of observations while in transit back to the UK. So, observation one. The quality of in-flight games has gone up massively with a few little neat touchscreen games on the Virgin Atlantic system, including a nice block breaker that kept us entertained longer than it should. 
Two, so many gamey rides and attractions in Disney, one favourite being a Toy Story ride that included a shooting gallery element and mobile AR games around the parks. Point three, touchscreen quiz games in Uber cars. Point four, presented with an Xbox 360 and N64 in the holiday home, my kids defaulted to Subway Surfer on the mobile. But the speed at which they picked up the controls for Mario 64 when I eventually coaxed them to the Nintendo is still an incredible testament to the controller design. And the fact that the N64 had more of a draw over the 360, the immediacy of the cartridge system had a lot to do with this, I think. So, maybe a question to finish. How do you find family holidays now from a video game perspective? Are they an integral and planned part, or do you try and steer away? You're too jet-lagged for alternative wordplay correspondent Chris Conroy. Chris, have you met my babysitter, Video Games? Uh, I find them very handy to um, keep my daughter and, uh, but before that, uh, my son. Uh, yeah, certainly when the Switch arrived, um, that coincided with me and uh, Dexter and uh, my wife um, going to Canada. And honestly, whereas previously um, any situation that involved queuing would have been a nightmare dealing with a five or six shoot. No, he wasn't quite that young. Seven or eight year old, nine year old, ten year old, however, he's a man now. Um, would have been a nightmare, but uh, it just kept him absolutely entertained. We played arms on the plane, uh, he was playing Zelda at the time, so that was great. And um, my daughter at the moment, she's she is five, uh, she will enjoy uh, the curated selection of games on her fire t- on her fire tablet, um, which she finds great puzzles, words, numbers, all that sort of stuff. Um, we have, you know, we're not on holiday, but we did take with us um, Switch for Mario Kart, uh, which we've been enjoying today. So, yeah, and I think, you know, despite me being a little bit grumpy about the Mario, the content of the Mario movie, what I really did like was seeing various generations all just sitting down and loving video games, um, you know. So, uh, yeah, uh, they are hugely important in, um, in our family holidays and nice to see everybody else enjoying them too. Yeah, we're at the start of that journey, um, but uh, my daughter, who is four now, um, if there is ever a situation where it is tricky to motivate her to, you know, uh, go in a car or get on the tube or whatever, um, if she is offered the chance to play on a word or puzzle game, on um, my partner's mobile phone, she will suddenly go, yep, okay, I'm in. Um, So yeah, very, very useful, very, very powerful, but I guess you have to use it in the right way. Thank you, video games. And they're not charging £10 an hour, are they? Like actual babysitters. All right. Um, um, Well, I was just going to check. Steve, you haven't got any kids, have you? you, None whatsoever. So how how do you, you, is it like a busman's holiday? Do you you take video games on holiday or... (laughs) Or do you <laughs> book things? Um, I, I, well, I used to do a lot of Pokemon Go, like around new areas and stuff. They kind of like scope them out a little bit. Um, but Pokemon Go's kind of changed over the years. Um, used to find lots of different Pokemon wherever you went. I can remember York was just full of drowsies. And there was nothing <laughs> else in York other than drowsies just around every corner. But it's just all the same Pokemon everywhere. So um yeah disappointing (laughs) well uh that review is uh good enough to take us close to the review (laughs) section now uh uh, that was the letters part if you have a letter for one life left please please send us letters um you can do so by emailing team at one life left.com
You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, or perhaps you are listening on our podcast available at www.onelifeleft.com. Simon, before we get to the review section, I do have yes. some any other business uh, okay. to deal is there, with. Is, is there a show on Easter Monday? <laughs> it's not that. Uh, I okay. pre-ordered Zelda um, nice. the other day, but while I was doing that, I thought I should be asking Simon mm-hmm. what to do here because you've pre-ordered mm-hmm. it three times. Uh, I can always cancel my pre-order and go somewhere else. Do you have so any recommendations? Oh, wow. sorry, twice. Uh, do you have any recommendations of where to order that game? Uh, where was cheapest at the time? Uh, Dexter's, uh, which we pre-ordered at Christmas, was the game collection, uh, mm-hmm. and mine recently was from shop2.com. Okay, perfect. Because I know that sometimes I, I believe... there are all kinds of gifts and weird things. and Yeah, if you want to pay £59.99 for a game and a key ring, Steve, by all means, you with your billions. But um, if you just want the game, £42.99 is what I got it for from Shop 2. Okay. We'll be cancelling my order, which was for £59.99 without a key was ring. Was it? Yeah, it was. Was it? Where from? It, from that Amazon? That was from Amazon, yeah. Uh, from Amazon, Amazon. Um, cool. Thank you for that advice. Um, time for the reviews. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Simon, I have. I am pleased to announce that the two weeks off we've had has given me time to play some games. So I have stuff to review. What do you have to review? I've got so much. Okay. So much, Steve. Um, All right. It's not a competition. I, well, let's see. Um, let's count them. Um, <laughs> As you know, I, I successfully completed Far Cry 5, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some moaning on the internet about the ending, but I thought it was absolutely fine. Very enjoyable. 7 out of 10. Um, and then, uh, and I haven't been like this for a while, but I, I struggled to find a home for what to do next. I'd had so much sort of build up um, that I, I was A, paralysed by choice, and then B, I, I couldn't really get into much. Um, I did enjoy uh, the, uh, the sequel to Formula... Uh, retro racing um formula retro racing world tour has just come into early access and that's the old school uh sort of virtual racing style game it's got a new class of cars new tracks um it's in early access where i don't think the first one was so it's unfinished yet but what is there right now is is is, is as playable as before just a lot more of it uh, thoroughly enjoyable um, racing game uh, that I'm looking forward to continue to play as they head towards 1.0. I'm playing it on the Steam Deck and it runs brilliantly, so thoroughly recommended. Um, now comes with, uh, as I say, different class, different damage, uh, all that sort of stuff. Who wants to go next? Steve, do you want to do one? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've, I've been playing the fishing game, as I think a lot of people have been playing the fishing game. So Dredge is, um, is, is what we've been playing in the evenings. Um, kind of cosmic horror fishing game. Um, you get fish, you buy fish, you sell the fish, you get upgrades to get more fish. And then at some point, a horrible monster comes and eats you. So it's very good. Seven out of ten. So... <laughs> I have also been playing the fishing game. Ah. I've been playing the fishing game as well. Fantastic. So let me go next. Um, I, my my synopsis would be the same as Steve's, but I think delivered in a slightly more tired way. Like, I, I, I think it's a beautifully made game. Like, uh, and it's clear everybody involved in the game can do their jobs fabulously well. I also love the setup. Like, it, you know, everyone loves fishing mechanics 
Uh, everyone loves the kind of like short mini games uh, the, or micro games that like let you catch fish in other bigger games. And this essentially is a big game made of those micro games. There are several different ways you catch fish. And yeah, you uh, get in this loop where you go out, fish, upgrade your ship, go out and fish some more. Maybe you'll see some little missions. A man will say, I want this type of fish. And that will happen three times. And then you'll complete a zone of the map and that'll unlock another zone of the map which is basically the same as the last zone, but with different missions and a different man saying three different fish and that kind of thing. And when I felt that loop repeat, I immediately lost interest in the bigger picture of the game because I'd already played that. And that's kind of my problem with most video games is that they are padded out to the length of three or four times they need that they need to be because that's how long games need to be because that's how long games are. And it frustrates me because I would love Dredge if it was an hour and a half. And I got to sink into that world, play, fish, get scared, come back. Maybe a, a little longer than that, I don't know. But something that allows me to take away that experience. Instead, what I take away is that kind of begrudging, oh, right, I get it, I see the patterns, and I have to do this four more times um, and play it for 10 hours or whatever it's going to be before I get that sense of resolution. Um, yeah, so, I, I, you know, I, I love so much about it, but left it bored, and that doesn't seem fair. Uh, on the game, seven out of ten. How far did you get, Steve? I got to. I, I basically cleaned out the first sort of zone, moved on to the second sort of zone, and felt it repeat. And then I, by that time, my ship was really fast because that's what I concentrated on. So zoomed around the other islands as well, and felt the tone of all of the missions there in the volcanic place and the and the um, uh, the other one that's similar. I forgot what that is. Uh, and yeah, I just sort of checked I, I, out I, mentally. I, I feel, but I, I feel exactly the same. Having just got to the fourth area out of what I think are five, um, really, I was really enjoying it, and I was just thinking about how clever it is, how many different bits and bobs are going on at the same time, and then um, the fourth area is uh, like a swampy one um, mm -hmm. where it's slightly, and like you, I'd concentrated on speed. We're not idiots, are we? I've got two, <laughs> two turbo things on the back of my boat and a big four by four uh, grid uh, engine all over the place um and uh the so the fourth area is a bit sort of swampy and if you just graze the side it can take out one of your engines and if and yes you can it gives you sort of fast travel at a certain point but 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 the penalty for a brush with something on the side is so mm. harsh i'm like oh well i need to literally and, and i mean not literally because i've not because boats don't have legs uh, but sort of limp back mm -hmm. to um uh, to somewhere else where I can get it fixed and then carry on doing what I was doing before I accidentally brushed right. a dock. And that happened to me once, and that was the most memorable moment of the game, right? I brushed something, ended up stranded in this big sea, knew there were horrible things out there, could see lights over there, didn't know whether it was a mirage. Weird, weird things were happening. I loved it. But I don't love the idea of that happening ten more times and every time having to repeat that same loop. So, yeah, games. 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Still, still it's done very well, hasn't it? Uh, it has. Um, I also played um, Storyteller um, by my personal game design hero, uh, Daniel Ben-Magui. Uh, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It's a game where you make essentially three or four or five or six panel strips out of cartoon characters and situations that you drag into there and tell a story, which might be the story of Romeo and Juliet. But the order in which you... Uh, 
paste them into the panels or drag situations it changes the outcome it's brilliant and it's playful and it's over in an hour and a half and it has it has very mixed reviews on steam because of that because the general tone of the review section and it makes me so angry is I love this game. It was so charming, so wonderful. I it really enjoyed, but it's only 90 minutes long, so I refunded it. It's 12 quid. Yeah. Like, where else are you going to get something that moves you and charms you and you find interesting and you love for 12 quid? And and yet you oh, still I behave like that. money bags. It's 12 quid, Simon. Like... <laughs> I, I, I was so cross. And I would far rather have something tight and brilliant and beautiful that leaves me with that feeling than something like Dredge, which for me, it, it contains exactly that kind of amount of creative energy, but is drawn out just because it has to be drawn out. I I agree with you, but as somebody who has published a short game, the thing mm-hmm. I don't, don't think that Storyteller did was tell people how long it was going to be, which well. is absolutely what you need to... It doesn't say it anywhere on the on the store page at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say this is a short game. Mm-hmm. I, I, otherwise, I would agree with you, but I'm part, I, I sort of look at it and go, it doesn't say this anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're on... You know, Steam is such a consumer-friendly store that people can, you know, buy something and refund it at at, at their at their whim. I get it. Um, I, yeah, I get it, and I, that's reviewing the marketing or the messaging around it. But I'm reviewing the Steam reviews here, and I can't deal with people saying this is like this. I love this; it was so moving, but it's not eight hours long. So I agree. Yeah, yeah. But it's just you know, like just be a bit clearer on the store, guys. Mm-hmm. And then you know, that say, you know, um, the game I'm talking about, Trolley Problem, is a game you could finish an hour and a half. We told people that. Um, and it even asks you not to refund it during mm-hmm. the game. Uh, and and still, uh, 16.4% of players did. So there you go. <laughs> 7 out of 10. Done. That was a good review section. I enjoyed that. I've, I've got loads more stick because I've been too. bouncing all well, over sa- the place. Save them for, boom, uh, boom, boom. Save them for next week because, yeah, I've got, I've got more stuff to say as well about things but I'm glad I got that off my chest about both of those games um, because I do feel strongly about them both yes uh, I, yeah I, I mean it's a shame I, I, I did read that Dredge um, is too long in the middle and that's exactly where I've stopped playing mm. Mm. what do we know much. though Simon it's... <laughs> this game's too long in the middle <laughs> <laughs> oh is it that's <laughs> okay <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. And tonight of all nights, the celebration launch night, or the last night before the game launches, depending on which way you look at it. Yeah. Well, you I'm going to go back. Have you got much to do tonight? Well, from what I've seen, you don't. You don't need to. There's a little elements of polish. Exactly. Elements of, no, I mean, sorry, not that it needs polish. I mean, it doesn't need a lot doing to it because it's all. It's all good. Yeah, and strip out a couple of the crash bugs as well. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Good luck. Uh, So, yes, Beyond the Long Night is available on Steam and Itch uh, and all good PC retailers now. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening to our radio show. Uh, Thank you to Resonance FM for hosting us. Um, We will be back next week, won't we? We will be back next week. I think next week is one it's one of the few weeks without a bank holiday so we will see you then. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>